today on the Locked on Blues podcast, how did the St. Louis Blues go from a Stanley Cup winning team just a few years ago to now a team that is looking like it might be be the top seven, or I guess you could say bottom seven in the NHL, but top seven in terms of a lottery spot. I'm going to be picking out three events in chronological order that I think had some of the biggest uh, contributions to leading the Blues to this unfortunate spot that they're in now. It's going to be a tough episode, but I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to give my thoughts. going to be a fun episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. Got hundreds of episodes in the bank. You can go check out um, if you want to listen to someone with a bit of a brighter tone. Obviously, you can go check those out. Bunch on YouTube as well at Lockdown Blues if you want to see my beautiful face. Um, more often, you can check us out there. If there is, if this isn't your first time listening and you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making Lockdown Blues part of your daily routine and making Lockdown Blues your hashtag first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, which is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more when you visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, you heard the title. It's 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 a bit of a, a bit of a diversion from you know the typical game reactions and such, um, but since you know we're around the All Star break and the Blues are in the midst of I believe a six game losing streak and this season is starting to look a little bit bleak, I thought we'd take a journey back in time. Um, obviously, there were more than three events that led to the Blues being in the situation that they're in. I might touch on this again in a future episode. So today I want to focus specifically on the blue line and I want to shout out um, STL Blues Views on Instagram uh, for giving me the idea for this. I am going to be stealing, or not stealing, but I am going to be taking inspiration from a couple of the things that he mentioned um, and kind of giving my own take on that. So definitely give him a follow. Uh, He makes great content there. Um, Sort of gave me the idea for this episode and gave me the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, So yeah, let's, let's just jump into it. I want to go over this in chronological order, just talk about three things that I think led to the Blues uh, being in a very difficult position today, specifically involving the blue line and the defense of this team. Now, the first first moment might come <laughs> with a little surprise. Um, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. Um, so for those of you on audio, I, I was just uh, brutally attacked by my cat. Um joking she's trying to hit me in the face she thinks it's a game uh that's why you gotta check out the youtube channel all right let's 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 refocus here um the first event is going to come as no surprise it is probably the most controversial event in recent blues history and that is the decision or i don't know if it was so much of a decision but just the 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 in the the decisions that led to alex petrangelo leaving the st louis blues in free agency and joining the vegas golden knights now alex petrangelo was Blues captain. Um, he was their number one defenseman. He was the first player to ever lift the Stanley Cup in St. Louis Blues history. Uh, he's one of the most important players 
in Blues history of all time. And they let him walk in free agency very shortly after winning the Stanley Cup. It stung. It, it really hurt. Um, and there were a couple contributing factors. You know, um, I think his, his asking price was a little bit too high for what the Blues wanted to play. Pay, sorry. And then the biggest thing there was the fact that um, he wanted a full no movement clause, which Doug Armstrong just doesn't give out because it, he believes that it gives the players too much power. Now, giving the players too much power, that's something I'm going to get into a little bit later. Um, but uh, that being said, I think, you know, the Petrangelo thing is is the first domino that fell. And um, because of that, I think the Blues were left scrambling um, after that for, you know, until now. They have been looking to fill the Alex Petrangelo hole unsuccessfully. You know, a number one defenseman very much does not grow on trees. I think there are a few teams in the NHL that have a legitimate number one defenseman. And coincidentally, those are the top teams in the NHL. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning with Victor Hedman. You look at the Colorado Avalanche with Kale McCarr. Um, You look at the Carolina Hurricanes. I guess you could kind of argue a couple different guys there, but they have some incredible defensive talent. Um, You know, you look at the Boston Bruins with Charlie McAvoy. You know, you, you can't have success in this league without a true number one defenseman. And Blues, I think, thought that Colton Pareko was going to be that guy, but didn't turn out to be the case, as we unfortunately know. And it's just tough. You know, it feels like those 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 skates or shoes have been waiting to be filled ever since Petrangelo walked out that door and joined the Vegas Golden Knights. And it, it really feels like the Blues have not recovered from that. And, and, you know, all of the following moves that they made, I think, were pretty much in result of that and i'm going to continue to talk about that obviously in the second and third segment but i think you know petrangelo being the first one is the biggest one because you know you keep petrangelo and i think these next two moves are either don't happen or are far less significant if they do happen um but yeah i mean petrangelo was the lifeblood of this team he was the identity of this team i think a lot of guys in the locker room were a big fan of him and i think you know when you look at the fact that guys seem a little bit less engaged this year and, and O'Reilly has these comments like, you know, he wants to stay here, but he doesn't know if he does. I, I don't, I, I think Petrangelo leaving really let down a lot of the players in that locker room. And, and it was very disappointing for them to see that their, their captain leave. Uh, and I, yeah, I think it was the first domino that led to disaster striking for the St. Louis blues. And it put them in a very difficult situation. Now, before I continue and get into what I think is the second thing, that led to the Blues' defensive demise. I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We are really, really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat-first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, 
which is the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, getting into more right after this break. All right, moving on to event number two, which I think was one of the biggest causes for the St. Louis Blues defense and the team as a whole being in the position that they are in. And this is maybe a bit of a hot take, and I'm talking about a player that I really like, but I think is a big contributing factor to the Blues struggles that they have right now, and that is the decision to sign Tory Krug to a very long deal. Um, so Tory Krug was signed in the 2019 offseason. Um, and, you know, since then, he's been a pretty good player. But um, at the time, he was signed to a, I want to have the exact number, I believe it was a seven-year, six-and-a-half-million-per-year contract that they gave to an undersized offensive defenseman. Now, look, I said it. I like Tory Krug a lot. I think, you know, the little guy, there's a lot of appeal in that. I think offensively he adds a lot and he adds a ton to the St. Louis Blues power play. However, I think the Blues were desperate to sign a big fish defenseman, especially with the recent departure of Alex Petrangelo. I think that they were desperate to prove that they could still have that defensive identity that, you know, was their their selling point, their bread and butter of, you know, th- this era of Blues hockey was their defense. You know, starting with Ken Hitchcock, those teams were built from the back out. You know, those teams were, were built to wear you down defensively. Look at the cup run, you know. The teams couldn't hang with the Blues in a seven-game series, and that was due to their big, hulking defensemen, and, you know, that would shut you down and make it impossible to to stay healthy and, and stay energized throughout a seven-game series. We saw that with the San Jose Sharks. We saw that with the Boston Bruins. Um, and I feel like going out and signing an undersized defenseman for that long of a time was just completely opposite of what the Blues defensive identity had been up until that point. And I don't think they brought him on with the intention of him filling Petrangelo's shoes and being a number one defenseman. But at the same time, it just created this this rift in the Blues defensive identity. And, you know, because of this, they are now playing a almost a fourth forward out there 20-ish minutes a night. And that's great. You know, some teams can really work with that. I would argue that you could even classify Kale McCarr as a offensive defenseman and a fourth forward fortunately you know he's still tremendous defensively a lot better than Tori Krug is Tori Krug is fine defensively but you know there are a lot of teams that have the offensive defenseman thing especially undersized offensive defenseman thing and it works very well for them the problem is that wasn't the Blues identity and the St. Louis Blues don't did not and still don't have a team that's really geared to have a guy like Tori Krug out there eating up as many minutes as he is. It just didn't really make sense at the time, and it still doesn't make sense, you know? And I don't think Tori Krug is a big problem by any means. I don't think that he's dragging this team down. I just think, you know, the domino effect. You know, I'm gonna the, the third segment that I'm going to talk about, the third domino that fell, I think doesn't happen if the Tori Krug signing doesn't happen. Um, and... You know, that, that, that $6.5 million, it, it could have been used somewhere else. It could have been used to bring back Petrangelo. It could have been used to be patient and wait and sign a different defenseman maybe a year later or, or go out and trade for a defenseman or whatever. There, there, were, there were a lot of ways the Blues could have used their, their cap better, I think, to, to have a better chance of sort of reestablishing that, that identity that they lost with Petrangelo. Obviously, you know, Jay Bomey's retiring didn't help. 
um, Joel Edmondson leaving. You know, there's a lot of guys that were on that cup team that, that just, you know, left the team for one reason or another. And the Blues decided to go an alternate route. They decided to go with the speed and the skill and, and go away from that defensive identity. But then at the same time, they, they keep a guy like Colton Pareko, who is perfect for that, that hulking, you know, aggressive defensive role if he's partnered up with a good defenseman. I think, honestly, that should have been the, the Blues' priority was finding someone that Colton Pareko can play with, like Jay Bomeister, who will make Pareko look like that number one defenseman that we all thought he could have been in that cup run. And that's not what the Blues focused on. Instead, they decided to go out and get the most attractive defenseman on the market, or one of, you know, in Tory Krug. And it was exciting at the time. He was a big name. He he was, you know, very, very noticeable in that series against the Blues with the Boston Bruins. And I think a lot of people were somewhat excited about the potential that he brought as an offensive defenseman. But you looking back at it, it, it just makes no sense to me. It's like you have this, you have this team that thrives on defense and thrives on like i'm pretty sure the, the roster that won the cup they didn't have a single defenseman under the height of like six four obviously that's that might be a little bit of an exaggeration but i remember looking at like the defenseman on that team and i was like holy crap these guys are huge you know petrangelo is one of the smallest guys out there and i think he's like six three six four you had pareko who's gigantic jay bowmeister who's gigantic robert bortuzzo who's huge um, i'm trying to remember who else was out there carl gunnerson who's like six four they, they had these these big hulking defensemen that just clogged up space and made it impossible to play against, especially come playoffs. And and then you go out and you replace it with Tory Krug, who again I love Tory Krug. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, and I'm not you know saying like I I think he's you know bad for this team. I just don't think he he fits what the Blues are trying to do. And I think he he set the Blues off in a direction that you know made it impossible to have success because the team wasn't built around players like Tory Krug. And the other thing, the thing that really frustrates me is Tory Krug has a full no trade clause. You know, Doug Armstrong talks about he doesn't want to give the players too much power. That's why he didn't give Petrangelo a no movement clause. But yet now you're stuck with this contract of a defenseman who is not going to age gracefully, who already hasn't aged gracefully and still has a couple years left on his deal. The older he gets, the worse his game is going to get. Undersized offensive defensemen are maybe the biggest victims of the fall off when it comes to age. And there's a, a strong chance that Tory Krug says, look, I don't want to get traded. I want to play here. And I want, you know, unless you trade me to a contender or whatever, he has all the power. And you say you don't want to give the players the power with the no movement clause, but you, you're pretty much one step away. Okay, great. So you can't send him down to the AHL. That's the only difference. That is the only difference between a full no trade clause and a no movement clause is if there's another expansion draft, he can't be moved or you can't wave him. You can't send him down to the AHL, whatever. You know, that that's it. It's the only the only difference between a full no movement clause and a full no trade clause. And and it's really like when you get down to those semantics, it's very frustrating because now you look at this team and the way that this team is constructed, and it's like it feels like it feels like the stubbornness of the front office and the 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 the, the panic that set in when Petrangelo left and his absence was very much felt has had repercussions up until this day. Now, in this third and final segment, I'm gonna be talking about the third thing that I think uh, led to the Blues' demise, and it might be a bit of an underrated aspect, but I think is is still very important, still something that we should talk about, so I'm going to get into that, but before I do, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Now, FanDuel is obviously a new sponsor. Built Bar is a very old one. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, 
and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. <laughs> Perfect for your New Year's resolution. I'm being hunted right now by my cat. She is eyeing my face. She wants to swat the crap out of me. <laughs> um, what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. And you don't just have to get them online anymore. You can get them obviously at built.com, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your local Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in, grab a 13 bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later and I'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. Better not hit me in the face again. You can sit on my lap if you promise not to hit me in the face. Deal? She doesn't speak English. All right. So the third domino. The third the third thing that happened that I think led the Blues down this path. And, you know, it's a result of the other two. And it might not, might not be a big deal if the other two don't happen. But that is exposing Vince Dunn in the expansion draft. Now, Vince Dunn was at the time of the expansion draft one of the youngest defensemen on the team and probably the youngest defenseman on the team that got significant minutes um however the blues decided to you know protect other guys instead and seattle instead of taking a guy like vladimir tarasenko decided to take the young defenseman in vince dunn vince dunn didn't make an immediate impact with seattle but now this year his advanced stats have him um as high as i think sixth in certain Norris talks, I think on The Athletic, I read an article that used advanced stats to, to give out the awards, and Vince Dunn was near the top of that list. He's still fairly young, and he is having himself a spectacular season. Um, even when he seemed like he was a little bit underwhelming during his time with the St. Louis Blues, he still showed all the flashes, and he still was one of the most skilled players, not just defensemen, but most skilled players on the roster. His puck movement and his skating ability were second to none, on the defensive end and the team as a whole, he made a huge impact there. Um, and there was a lot of potential there. And it was very frustrating at the time to see um, to see him go to another team. And I mentioned this earlier, I don't think that the Vince Dunn gets exposed in the expansion draft if the Tory Krug signing doesn't happen. Because I think with this, for the St. Louis Blues, they were like, okay, we kind of already have a Vince Dunn in Tory Krug. You know, we don't need to keep him. We have someone who's a little bit more established and someone who can fill that role better in their mind, more of a veteran guy in Tory Krug. And now you look at Vince Dunn and he's arguably a top pair de- <laughs> arguably a top pair defenseman. Not arguably, he is a top pair defenseman, but arguably even a number one defenseman, depending on who you ask and depending on what metrics you look at. And the blues are sitting here like, ah, darn, you know? And and then you look back and you say if they if they if they protect Vince Dunn, maybe then a guy like Ivan Barbashev gets taken or or Vladimir Tarasenko and yeah that sucks but Tarasenko's gone at the end of this year anyways Barbashev might get traded you know and it's it's like you could have had you could have done a lot with that cap space you, you you could have opened yourself up to so many opportunities but instead the Blues decide you know what we we have a guy like Vince Dunn in Tory Krug we we think we can fill that role otherwise you know then they go out they draft Scott Perunovich and it's like. 
this whole time. They're trying to find what Vince Dunn has become now for the Seattle Kraken. He's one of the top defensemen in, in the NHL in terms of points, and he is filling that role perfectly in Seattle, a team who is unexpectedly good this year, and he's a big part of that. So it's it's frustrating. You know, it feels like three, not small moves in hindsight, but but three smaller moves that combined just have created this defensive identity that doesn't really work. And it's the reason why the Blues have been so underwhelming these last few years. You know, when they've made the playoffs, they have struggled and looked like they don't really belong against certain teams. And then this year, they're probably not even going to make the playoffs. So look, it, it's frustrating. It's tough. But we got the All-Star break coming up. Let's go watch some fun events. Let's go watch them. I think there's like a golf event. Um, Tarasenko's in the All-Star game. So probably his last hurrah as a member of the St. Louis Blues in terms of recognition and representing the city. Uh, but we'll see. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in, so much for listening. Appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way you never miss a new episode. You can f- subscribe to the channel on YouTube as well. You can see my cat beat me up throughout an entire episode. If she ever does this again, as she's trying to do right now, she won't leave me alone. <laughs> um, if you're listening to the episode and you want to check that out, head right on over to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Blues. Getting close to 600 subscribers. On the road to 1 billion subscribers, baby. It's a long road, but we are on it. Yeah, like I said, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, you can follow Lockdown Blues on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.